The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Book of Numbers. Are you taking my picture? Did you take it? Okay, I can move on. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, for this wonderful time we have tonight. God, we didn't come here to ease our conscience, and we didn't come to be entertained. We came for you. You're the king of kings. You are our life. You're the giver of abundant life. We've come for you. You alone have words of life. We can't find them anywhere else. Lord, uh, we thank you, God, for your presence tonight. We thank you, God, for your word. Lord, we're hungry and we're thirsty for you. That's why we've come here. And we thank you, God, for meeting with us. Lord, I pray you give me great liberty in preaching. Help me, God, to communicate what it is that I believe you've spoken to me today. And I thank you, God, for this great and awesome privilege I have to stand before this wonderful congregation. In Jesus' name, amen. I had gone on this... Uh, missions trip. It was 30 days long. And in that 30 days, I think we did 45 outreaches and puppet shows and kids services or whatever might, might, might you want to call it. And uh, we were shredded tired after that much work. And we had worked ourselves to where we were just ready to go home and at the end of that missions trip i was living in maui at the time and our missions trip was spread out from arkansas to california and we hit all these places in between doing outreaches had a great time but man we were spent and at the end of that missions trip uh, my, we were in california and the last stop at our church in california in antioch and uh, I had sent my wife and all the kids, because we were already on the mainland, we, uh, I had sent my wife and the kids back to Grandma's house to go visit Grandma. So they made their way back there. And I flew by myself on a late flight to Maui to go home. And I arrived late at night, didn't do very well on the plane, didn't sleep well or and arrived extremely exhausted from a long missions trip and leading all those people and doing all those outreaches and preaching that many times in a month. And I arrived, and one of my, my neighbor had picked me up at the airport. It was about midnight. And, man, I just wanted to go home. I just wanted to go to bed and not get up for a long time. So I got to my house, and I dragged my my uh, suitcase up the stairs to the front door and walked in and flipped the light switch and realized, oh, yeah, that's right. We are gone so long I had flipped all the breakers. Um, and so I was like, okay, I got to go find the... So I got my phone light, you know, how we always do. You know, we've got... Trying to find my way. My neighbor said, good night. It's late. I'm going to bed. So I go in there and I find the, the breakers, tuk, 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 turn them all on. Go back, flip the light on. All right, I just want to go to bed. Walking through, you know, the kitchen was before the bedrooms, and I'm walking through there. 
What is that smell? I tell stories, okay? I figured that if Jesus preached that way, it was good enough for him. I think I'll try it. So I'm standing there in, in, in kind of the middle of the house with this awful smell. What is that? It smells so bad. It's like a buffalo died in here. My whole house. What is that? Look around the house. I cannot find anything. There's got to be like a pile of rats somewhere in my house. I cannot find evidence of any kind of what could be producing this smell. I walked in the living room. I walked in the bathroom. Maybe my kids left me a treat in the bathroom and forgot to get rid of it. And, you know, maybe I looked at the bedrooms. No, walked in the kitchen, and there it sits. The bottom of the refrigerator is like a pond of orange goo. It's, it's now 1230, 1245, and I'm staring at this pile of orange goo going, what am I going to do about this? I want to go to bed. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? What am I going to do about this orange goo? Where did it come from? I didn't turn the breaker off to the refrigerator. Where is this orange goo coming from? So I go over to the fridge. I open the fridge. The orange goo was just the tip of the iceberg. There is the refrigerator. Room temperature has sat there and cooked for a month. What had happened is my neighbor had come over to check on my house and noticed there were breakers that hadn't been flipped and went ahead and blessed me and turned off that other breakers. And there sits my refrigerator at 1 o'clock in the morning. It's so bad. I ran and got like a towel or, or a shirt or something out of my suitcase and wrapped it around my head. It's so bad. I know this is not your consideration of a Holy Ghost night at KC. We're going to get there. But you need to hear the story first. So I open the fridge. It's bad. It's nuclear DEFCON 3. Bad. So, all right. I'm just going to close it and go to bed. So I close it. And I go down the hall to my bedroom, shut the door, get in my bed, pull the covers over my head. No, this ain't happening. I'm going to have to do something about it. I can't even sleep. It smells so bad. I'm going to have to go to war in the kitchen with the refrigerator tonight at 1 o'clock in the morning after I've... God, don't you know what I've done for 30 days? I've preached 45 times. I can't hardly talk. I've preached so much. Really? Are you kidding me? 
So I go in there and I start disassembling. I pull out trash cans and I'm throwing everything in the trash can. And you never know how much is in that fridge till you got to empty it. And, you know, it's all bad. I throw it all away. And I'm like gagging while I'm doing it through the towel. Ugh. Pastor Daniel will be back on Sunday. Just want you to know. So here I am. I'm throwing everything away. If you've, if, you've, if you've come to church tonight and you're feeling poorly, I'm sorry. We'll get past it. I throw it all away. And I still got the orange goo. I don't know what to do with that. I thought, okay, the fridge is empty. I open the freezer. Oh, what do you keep in the freezer? You keep the bulk meats and the and the, the things that you don't want to spoil for a long, you know, right away. And oh my goodness, it was bugs. There were bugs everywhere. Bugs, where did they come from? They weren't in there when I left. Are you kidding me? So I'm pulling out the large portions of meat throwing them away. My stomach is not doing well at all. This is a true story. I'm throwing stuff away. I'm setting bag after bag out on the front porch. I go back in and there's this cup. I don't know what it is. There's a cup, no lid, at the back of the freezer. What is that? So I grabbed the cup, and when I grabbed it, it kind of like dissolved kind in your hand, and some kind of, I know what it was. When it, once it sloshed all over my hand, I realized what it was. For some reason, my dad had put all the turkey drippings in a cup and stuck it in the freezer to use at a later time because you never know when you might need all that big cup of turkey drippings. And here it is, all over my hand. That was it. At that point, I added my own mess to the mess all over the floor. I'm now crying. I can't believe this is happening to me. I love God. I go to prayer meeting. I went and preached. I read my Bible on the plane. And here I am, cleaning up the fridge, cleaning up my own mess at one o'clock now it's two o'clock now it's three o'clock in the morning what an inconvenience don't you hate being inconvenienced I mean we absolutely fight against inconvenience with everything we've got we absolutely hate it nobody ever tells you a story of how they just loved being inconvenienced 
You know, we have this wonderful ability in our minds to instantly, instantly perceive when something inconveniences us to the point where we create machines or schedules to ease our life. And some of them are wonderful things. I love that K-cup thing. Anybody got one of those contraptions where you put the K-cup in the coffee machine, press start? <laughs> Hallelujah. I appreciate the uh, need that I have to convenience myself on that. We put as many, you know, stores, big box stores, put as many, you know, different items in their store so that you'll do all your shopping in one place because we love convenience. We don't like inconvenience. We, we, uh, we fight against it. Notes to preach from here in just a moment. I'll find them. When we see the stoplight has turned yellow, we immediately let's move on. When we see a person that will cost us more time than we're willing to give them. Wait, let me give you something else on my list. That one's not funny. Let's just stick with the funny ones. We don't like to be inconvenienced. Parents don't like to be inconvenienced. I'm preaching in the back and I'm preaching in the front. You could get the message twice if you listen here and then go sit in the back. We avoid anything that is inconvenient, and sometimes that produces good things in our life. Sometimes it doesn't. Tragedy occurs when we take that into our relationship with God. When we approach God with this ability to instantly recognize if we're going to be inconvenienced and run away from it. That some people approach God that way. That is their approach. They want God to fit in their world instead of fitting into God's kingdom the way he's got things. Today I want to share a, a story with you from the Bible of how God absolutely blew up these people's scheduling and their life, and it was absolutely his design for their life. See, if you are wanting to get all God has for you and you want to be a disciple of God, it is absolutely going to inconvenience you. It will inconvenience your time and your schedule. It will inconvenience your budget It'll blow up your financial world. It'll blow up your TV show programming time frames. It'll blow up your priorities. If you're going to be somebody that wants all God has for you, it is absolutely going to inconvenience you. 
We've got a tremendous example tonight in the book of Numbers, and this is going to be fun to look at. And uh, because you know what, it it just reminds me of my walk with God, and I and uh, it reminds me of anybody that wants to follow God and be a person of the Spirit. We don't want to be a person of the flesh. We want to be a person of the Spirit. We want to be somebody that lives life by the Spirit. If we're not, we'll end up killing each other just every time somebody rubs you wrong. we got to be people of the Spirit. Amen? And that's hard to do because you live in a body that absolutely does not want to live by the Spirit. Well, let's take a look at this, this group of people. Numbers, take a look at Numbers chapter 9. And I'm going to move kind of quick because uh, you've got... Some of you got kids, hallelujah, so do I. They got, they got school tomorrow, you got to get them up. And uh, they don't like that. Well, mine don't. Maybe mine aren't like yours, but mine lay there when you get them up. Apples don't fall far from the tree. That's Okay, tonight's message, if you're a note taker, tonight's message is called The Audacity of God. Let's take a look at Roman, excuse me, Numbers chapter 9. We're going to look at Numbers 9.15. On the day the tabernacle, the tent of testimony was set up. The cloud covered it from evening till morning. The cloud covered the tabernacle, looked like fire. That is how it continued to be. The cloud covered it, and at night it looked like fire. Okay. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Wherever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out, and at his command they encamped. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in camp. When the cloud remained over the tabernacle a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle only a few days. At the Lord's command, they would encamp, and then at his command, they would set out. Sometimes the cloud stayed only from evening till morning. And when it lifted in the morning, they set out. Whether by day or by night, whenever the cloud lifted, they set out. Whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. At the Lord's command, they encamped, and at the Lord's command, they set out. They obeyed the Lord's order in accordance with his command through Moses. Whoa! I just moved from Oregon not too long ago, and I cannot imagine having to move every time that cloud decided to move. You talk about living a whole new way. I'm going to talk about five inconveniences in this passage right here that we have to embrace if we're going to get to where God wants us to be, it can't be something you see as an inconvenience to your life. It has to be, you have to see it as something you have to embrace and become to get to the destiny God has for you. If you're not familiar with this particular passage, God had given Moses instructions, leave Egypt, take the people to the promised land, land flowing with milk and honey, 
whatever that means. And there's two million of them or so. And so this is the mode of transportation. This is their GPS, okay? This is what they're following is this cloud day and night. And it totally changed their life. And if we'll take a quick look at what these five things are, I think that you will see and myself that God is trying to help us get to a destiny, our promised land, fulfilling his calling on our life, living in a life of blessing. And let's take a look at a few things. The first inconvenience that we have to embrace, if you're writing this down, is the in inconvenience. Let me switch pages. It's we have to embrace a vision that isn't necessarily ours. Embracing a vision. Now, the people of Egypt, excuse me, the, the children of Israel while in Egypt just wanted one thing. Just get us out of Egypt. Just get us from having to do all this labor. Oh, God, deliver us. And in their mind frame, what they wanted was just free from Egypt. But that wasn't what God wanted. Yes, God wanted them free from Egypt, but he had a destination way down the road where he was trying to get them to. His vision was much larger than theirs. And if we're going to be somebody that achieves what God has for us, becomes a people that God wants us to be, we've got to get his vision for our life. Not necessarily our short-term goals that are many times based on this selfish, sinful nature that we live in, but we need to get a picture of what is God doing? Where is God taking me? God, what is it that you're leading me to? Who is it you're trying to get me to become? The children of Israel's goal, just get them out of Egypt. God's goal, we, I want to get these people to the promised land. He had a place for them to be, a destiny, and a vision for them to follow. The promised land. The second thing, if you're writing it down, this one is going to sound really ugly when I say it. That one was not too bad. We can all do that. God, you be the boss. You take me where you want me to go. Hallelujah. I'm following you, Jesus. This next one we might want to skip. For those of you that don't like it, just plug your ears after I say it. It's called the inconvenience of submission. Oh, my goodness. Nobody likes to say those words. Today's parental books and magazines and, and things will never tell you to use the word submit to your kids. It's a, it's a, it's a word that we, we, don't, we like to avoid. We like to avoid it in our own life. It, was, it will always be a factor in God's design for your life that you will have to submit to a plan, to a leader. That is God's way of working. That's his M.O., you will have to submit to authority. You can't have a place of authority until you can yield to authority. That is just the way it works. That's just God's kingdom. That's anywhere. Think about these children of Israel. Okay, they got to follow this cloud or the fire. If it moves, they're packing up. I just packed my family up. I would have... 
if, if I was the children of Israel and had to move what I had to move for my family, I would certainly have some very nice opinions for that cloud every time it moved. But here's the children of Israel, and they, had, they quickly found out their opinion doesn't matter. In fact, their opinion could very well cost them greatly. Their viewpoint isn't recognized. Uh, Moses, could you please? There's shade along that route right over there, and the cloud's going that way. Uh, could we, like, swing through the shade on our way to the cloud? Thank you for playing. We're following the cloud. They had to get over their, um, maybe you want to say it, their, their, their need to express themselves and their opinion. And they had to follow a cloud and follow a leader that wasn't going to go by what they said. Now, we live in a world today that is, that is what you want to call heightened individualism, where your opinion matters. And you, you, what you have to say needs to be heard because you are an individual. I am someone. I am a person. I have destiny within me, and, and I am my own answer, and you need to hear what I've got to say. That doesn't work in God's kingdom. God doesn't pass out ballots to decide what to do. He's the boss. Some people have never realized that. God's plan for your life, however crazy it might seem, is the best plan for your life. It is the best plan. Whether your opinion lines up or appreciates it or not, it's the best plan, is God's plan. So these children of Israel had to come to, over a, a period of time, had to come to a, uh, a, a realization, I'm just going to have to get up and do what that cloud does. And what I say isn't going to change what that cloud does. It will always inconvenience you to follow a leader. We better make sure our leaders are following the cloud. Amen? I praise God for King's Chapel King's Cathedral around the world because we have pastors and leaders that are getting up early in the morning to find out what the cloud is saying and what the cloud is doing. Let me speak it plain. I thank, you, I thank God for a church. It's why I'm a part of KC. I could go do children's ministry at another church. They would take me on. But I want to be a part of a church where the leadership is seeking God. God, what do you want to do? Though it costs me everything, I'll follow you. What are you saying? What are you doing? I want to help you, God, with what it is you're, you're going after. I praise God for our senior pastor, for Dr. Morocco. I praise God for our pastor here, Pastor Daniel. Seeking God, believing God. What a blessing. So we uh, have to embrace submitting if we're going to get what God has for us. Uh, the next thing is we've got to embrace God's plan over our own plan. Can you imagine these people? It said sometimes the cloud was only there from evening till morning. 
Can you imagine you and your family and all your belongings showing up? Oh, finally the clouds stopped moving. All right, kids, here we are. Get Break out the whatever it is they had. You guys get the tent set up. Go feed the animals. Get the bed set up. We went camping for eight nights on the way up here. It was so much fun. I loved it. We even got hailed on on one night. That was awesome. Good thing it was small. Can you imagine being a family and you have no idea when that cloud is going to move next? It would totally change the way you do everything. But we have to embrace God's plan. I'm sure, quite sure, every time that cloud got up to move, they would say to each other, are you kidding me? We just set up the beds. Wouldn't that be what you would do? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. We ain't doing this, Moses. Moses instituted this uh, plan. If you read on to the next chapter, Moses instituted this plan to make sure everybody knew the cloud was moving. He had these trumpets made, and uh, really loud trumpets, and for a certain trumpet blast, they would do certain things as a unit. I can just imagine just getting your bed set up, and you laid your head down, and the trumpet goes off. Whoa. Totally inconvenient. It would be horrible. Who wants to do that? No one would sign up for that. That, that little sign-up sheep at the iDesk will stay empty. Nobody's going to sign up for that kind, of, that kind of plan. But that's the plan God had. And it was on purpose. It was on purpose to keep them constantly looking to his leadership. Constantly looking listening what is god doing today did you guys hear that that goes on to the next thing it is the we must embrace the next one i think it's number four we must embrace a new lifestyle our old lifestyle god doesn't fit in our old lifestyle we have to create a whole new lifestyle, and God is helping the children of Israel come to an understanding that they've got to be constantly looking to Him, listening for those trumpets. What, what it, let's talk about what that new lifestyle might mean to them. If it was me and my family, this is what I would do. All right, kids, go outside. Is the cloud there? Look again. Okay, we're setting a watch. I'm going to set the timer on my phone every hour. Somebody's going to go look and see what that cloud is doing. You're sitting having dinner. Did you guys hear that? Was that the trumpet? Oh, my goodness. Somebody go. Somebody run down there and see if they've sounded the trumpet. Go out and look. Oh, I would be so tired of hauling everything. I can tell you right now. About the second time that trumpet sounded, I'd have been getting rid of half of everything I got. 
If that donkey can't carry something, it's for dinner. Everybody's helping. There ain't going to be no dead weight on this trip. All it would take was two times. The first time, wow, that was rugged. What? The trumpet sounded? All right, leave it. What is absolutely essential to live on everything else? Burn it. We're going to have a party, and we're leaving it behind. That is a whole new way of living for these guys who just plundered Egypt. They took as much stuff with them as they possibly could. God gave them great liberty to take everything in Egypt they could possibly haul. And then here's these blessed trumpets. And this new MO of following this cloud. Man, talk about losing some baggage. You know, when you're somebody that is looking, following, was that the trumpet? There's going to be things you're going to get tired of carrying around. God is absolutely in the business of making sure you get tired of carrying those things around and dealing with those things so that you get to the point where you're saying, I don't want this anymore. It's causing me too much grief. I'm going to follow the cloud and get rid of this junk. There's junk in our life that we're going to have to get rid of or it's going to cut... We're going to have so much trouble following that cloud, we'll get left behind because we're so keeping on to stuff we don't need. I better look at my notes. So, praise the Lord. So first of all, we're going to have to embrace a vision that may not necessarily be our own. The second thing is we're going to have to embrace following a leader who's got a better view of the cloud. He's closer to it. Submit. Youch. Third thing is we're going to have to embrace God's plan over our own plan. And then we're going to have to adapt a new lifestyle to keep up with that plan. And then the next thing we're going to have to do is we're going to have to respond correctly. If you read a little farther in chapter, we, we're reading in chapter 9, chapter 10, he's got a whole bunch of stuff about these trumpets. And then chapter 11, right at the beginning of chapter 11, you realize God destroyed some of these Israelites because they were responding wrong to what he had set up to be the best plan. Youch. I don't know about you. Maybe I'm the only one in the room. I struggle with my response sometimes. I don't like to be inconvenienced. I don't like to be a part of a plan where, uh, you know what, I, where my agreement with the plan doesn't necessarily change the plan or not change the plan. We like to agree. Makes us feel better when we get to agree with what God's doing. We feel better on the inside. And if we don't agree, what comes out of us many times is that disagreement in a form that God does not appreciate. These Israelites were grumbling, complaining. Lord, help me. I know this is not you. I'm preaching to me. 
I'm going to go back there and listen to the sermon again right after I'm done. God is not in the business of listening to your complaining and whining about what he considers to be the best plan for you. It will cost you. That whining and that complaining about the trumpets and the, the whatever Moses is doing, God had enough of it. He brought judgment to them. Sent a fire. Fire's burning people up. Burning up their donkeys. Burning up their chickens. Burning them up. Look at chapter 11. They don't know what they can't put it out. There's this fire, this wildfire going on, and they can't put it out. It doesn't go out till they, till they repent of their complaining. When they went to Moses and repented, Moses prayed, fire stopped. Whatever they lost didn't come back. It was a loss. And their complaining and their whining absolutely cost them. Oh, my heart's heavy because... That's me. I know it's not you. I got to watch how I'm responding to God's plan in my life. Whether I agree with the plan or not, if I want the promised land and I want what God promised, I can't complain along the way to go get it. Praise the Lord. So write these down. If you're a note taker, whatever it might be. So how are we going to respond? First of all, we need to understand, and I'm almost done. Preachers would say, and I'm going to close with this. I don't really think I'm a preacher. I just like to hang out with kids. But I'm going to close with this. Did that sound churchy enough for you? We want to say church phrases. That way we get our big check mark when we came to church. I hate that. I'm not into Christianese. I just can't handle it. Bothers me. Sorry. Please forgive me. Pastor Daniel, forgive me. Have Pastor Vince preach next time. Hallelujah. <laughs> I didn't know you were at the Harbor Lights movie night. They only let me do that once. What were you doing there? That was my biggest outreach at that place. There was like 250 people that came to that, that movie night. That was a big deal. Uh, first of all, we need to understand there's more to destiny than the location. How we arrive is just as important to God as getting there. We don't think that way, but God thinks that way. And he's got orchestrated, orchestrated the plan to, do, to deal with you as much as deal with where you're going. That's his plan. We must get a, uh, so we got to understand there's more to destiny than just the location. Secondly, we need to ask ourselves, are we submitted to our leader or are we a free-range Christian? You guys know what those free-range chickens and turkeys and things? I'm sure God will pull a go, uh, put a jewel in your crown for eating free-range instead of the other kind. What do you call the other kind? Non-free range? 
I don't know. Caged. Oh, my goodness. You're going to go to hell for eating caged chickens. There ain't no free-range Christians. It don't work that way in God's kingdom. God's kingdom operates. You submit to a leader, and you get planted in a church, and you produce fruit in that church, in a ministry, in a small group, and not free-ranging around looking for whoever's got the word of the week. We have to, so we have to realize destinies of one location. We have to submit to a leader, get planted in our church. Uh, thirdly, we need to reconstruct our life around God's plan for us. I took serious a statement Dr. Morocco made when I was uh, at a staff training once. No, it was a message he did. He said, and I'm sure if you've been in this church for a while, you may have heard that. He said at this uh, sermon, he said, we must be people that arrange our life around prayer instead of arranging prayer around our life. Oh, man, I took it serious on that day. I started moving things around on my schedule so I don't have some lame excuse before him on judgment day why I didn't pray. We've got to reconstruct our life. You know what happens when you reconstruct your life according to the trumpet and the, and the cloud and God's plan for your life? Your kids benefit because their life is automatically. They don't have to unlearn. They learned it from you. They became you. That's what I'm after for my kids. I want them sensitive to the Holy Ghost. I want them listening, what is God saying to me? We could go on on that for a long time. Fourthly, what we need to do to respond is we need to declare trust instead of discomfort. We must declare trust instead of discomfort. I cannot tell you how many times at night praying with my kids I've said to my kids, come on, let's declare our trust in God. When I was ready, tears in my eyes, not knowing how something was going to work out, not enjoying the, the ride, if you want to call it that, not enjoying how many times that trumpet went off in a week. I sat with my kids and said, we are the Davises. We trust in God. Let's say it together. And here's my five-year-old. Here's my... Two-year-old has no idea what I just said, but the other ones. We're going to declare trust instead of discomfort. Instead of, God, I don't like this. God, I trust you. We're going to declare it. And then last thing we're going to do, our time is up. Minister Micah, you can come and play. We're going to take time to pray, but you need to hear this. We're going to assess what is coming out of our mouth in response to what God is doing in our life. So those things are how we're going to respond. I don't know which one of those you might be. I'm all of them. Praise Jesus. And embrace a vision. I'm going to submit to a leader. I'm going to reconstruct my life. Still happening. Not done with that. I'm going to declare trust. 
instead of discomfort. And I'm going to assess what comes out of my mouth. My wife's helping me greatly with that. Praise God for people that will tell you like it is. Sometimes we need people to come up to us and say, dude, you just, you're complaining way too much. Youch. I had somebody tell me one time, you're the biggest complainer on this staff. Oh, my goodness. You know what my first response was? Defend myself. Youch. That's a human response. That's a sinful nature response. I'm going to defend someone's honest assessment of what's coming out of here. Youch. I don't want to do that anymore. Praise God. That was not a fun day. I don't know where you might be along this story here of these Israelites, but I'm quite certain that God had me share this message today for more than just me. We sang a song earlier this evening, God Reign in Me. I don't know if that's the name of it. What's the name of that song? Reign Over Me. It's a song of submission to Him and His plan. I'm going to ask Minister Micah to sing that. And I want you to stand with me tonight. Our time is up. We're going to have to be done. But as we finish up, I'm going to ask Minister Micah to lead us in this song. And as he does that, I'm going to ask you to take a moment. Let me get up here where you can see. Take a moment. Respond to whatever God spoke to you. You may need to repent. You may need to make declaration. You may need to check off some things that have to change in order to follow the cloud in a greater way, easier way. You may have to make a statement to God that you're going to follow the vision He has for your life, whatever it might be. As we sing this song, I'm going to ask you to, in your own way, to approach God and make that happen tonight. Don't leave this place having not responded personally to what God's saying to you.
Lord, reign over me. Tonight you might be here and you need to make sure that Jesus is the Lord of your life. You can't start on down, you can't start down God's plan for his best for your life if he's not the Lord of your life. It doesn't work. He's got to be the Lord of all including your heart, your dreams, your desires. And it starts by making Jesus the Lord of your life. I don't know where you stand with that. I remember clearly the day I made Jesus the Lord of my life. I remember it. I was eight years old. Something happened to me. I invited Jesus to come into my life. I repented of my sins. I asked him to be my Lord and Savior. And on that day, I remember where I was. I remember what I was wearing. Because Jesus really did come into my life. He really did forgive me of my sins. I was a boy. He really did change me. He became my Lord. Started speaking to me at night. Started walking with me during the day. I remember that because it really happened. Today that can happen to you. You can receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior and your life will never be the same. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a moment, I'm going to ask you if you would like that to happen to you. You'd like to receive Jesus in your life. You want to start on that road receiving God's best for your life. If that's you, before our evening is finished, I want to ask you right now, raise your hand so I can see you. Yes. Yes, you can. Yes, you can put your hands down right here. Yes. Anyone else? Yes. Today's your day. God's going to meet you. Hallelujah. Today I'm going to ask you to say a simple prayer with me. I, I minister to kids. I don't do complicated prayers. I pray simple prayers. And I praise God that he hears me. Today he's going to hear your prayer. I'm going to ask all of us to pray together. Join together and pray. Make an affirmation of your faith or for the very first time receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior or maybe starting all over. You just want to throw it all in the past start new today. Today's your day. I'm going to ask you to say this simple prayer with me. Say it right out loud all together. Say, Dear Lord, I want your free gift of eternal life. I ask you today to be my Lord. Be my Savior. Come into my life. You be my God. I'll be your child. 
I'll follow you. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. If you were one of those that raised your hand, as soon as church is over, as soon as I'm about to dismiss, as soon as we're done, why don't you come on up here and meet me? I want to make sure you get connected to one of our pastors or one of our ministers that can help you get in a small group and you can grow in God. We want you to know more about what God's plan is for you. Take somebody by the hand. Our time is up. Thank you so much for coming tonight. I hope you receive something from the Word of God. Like I said, Pastor Daniel will be here on Sunday, so it'll all get better. Let's pray. I'm going to ask Minister Kimmy. Love you, loves. Would you come on up here? Why don't you dismiss us in prayer? Father, we come to you tonight. Come on, let's pray for each other. Father, we thank you so much. Lord, you're so faithful to complete your work in us. Thank you, God, that you don't give up on us, but you give us chance after chance. Your word says that your mercy is new every morning. But God, great is your faithfulness. Your steadfast love never ceases. God, may we respond tonight to your word. May we begin to reconstruct our lives around your plan. May we submit, oh Lord, to the leadership you've put in our lives. God, I pray you would help us, oh Lord. We want your promises fulfilled in our life. We want to stand before you on judgment day and hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, those things you've been talking to us about to surrender. God, may we give them up tonight. May we burn them and never pick them back up again. God, I pray tonight we would be delivered from our, our uh, inconvenience. Lord, our hatred for it. God, inconvenience me. God, I pray that you would have your way in our lives. Help us, oh Lord, to step into the destiny that you have for us. Thank you, Jesus. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Thanks for being here. See you on Sunday. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.